0: Go with me to the book of Matthew uh, to begin here this evening, Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. There we go. Matthew chapter six there with me. What a special time we had this morning of uh, giving forth our faith promise commitments for the year and uh, just so thrilled on how God is going to work. In the days ahead, I um, we have a couple uh, missionaries that will be coming, actually, uh, here in the next uh, month or two uh, that we are currently supporting. And uh, you you remember Mark and Katie Garrison there in Columbia serving faithfully. Uh, They have been just seeing God work mightily and they're going to be here on Wednesday, uh, October um, twenty is it twenty first? Is it? Can anybody remember what that? It's in the um. It's not this uh, coming Wednesday, but the next, whatever that may be. Can somebody remind me what that is? Somebody got a calendar? Twenty first. So they will be here on the twenty first. Please mark your calendar and do your best to be here for that night. They will be reporting on the work of Columbia. His wife Katie will be here with him uh, this time and his two daughters uh, they they are coming in for a few days, and I'm just thankful that the last time Mark was here, he was just by himself. His wife was in Idaho where their home church is, but uh, but they're coming and uh, and then also uh, we have um, Eric. And Holly Johnson are going to be coming, uh, hopefully toward the end of December. They'll be coming and reporting and um, looking forward to them and hearing how God's working there. They're seeing another church planted. In the Dominican Republic, they're seeing people saved. Uh, we mentioned that the other Wednesday night, uh, even through the COVID, uh, Brother Eric's seen open doors uh, to the local baseball teams where he's going to, he's, he has gone as a kind of a chaplain uh, to give devotionals. And it was so neat. Those of you, this is a repeat, repeat for some of you that were here in the Sunday night service, but the Wednesday night service, but. The, the, the young men that trusted Christ as their savior from that baseball, that youth baseball league, well, they were out with um, Eric and his two boys handing out uh, gospel tracts a week later. And that was so encouraging uh, just to see that uh, as they're leading people to Christ, they're beginning that discipleship right away and and uh, seeing those young people serve and they're multiplying. And that is what it's all about, folks. We are uh, uh, grateful. And then uh, there's another missionary family. And um I cannot remember right off. Is, is there another one that uh Yes, yes, that's right. Kevin Hall and his family are going to be here in November and going to be reporting. I think it's about the second week of November. Uh, they'll be coming in and I am grateful for them, too, in their work in South Africa. They've been serving faithfully there. Uh, they've been training pastors, seeing people come to know Christ. And, uh, you know, that is something that this morning I, uh, I preached a message on the spirit of missions giving. And uh, tonight, I almost, but I decided not to May just Lord wanted me to go a different direction. But uh, but, you know, there's something to be said, too, about the fruit of missions giving. And uh, and, you know, as we hear about these um, these reports of our missionaries as they're faithfully serving, going through trials just like we are with the covid and having them change their plans, but still seeing the word of God uh, go forth. And uh, that's something we can always rejoice in, folks, that the word of God is not bound. It is going forth. We can trust that. We can believe that and, uh, and rejoice in that very truth. But be praying for these missionaries as they come in. And I we'll give you more updates and uh, and rejoice with them in what God is doing. Well, you found your place there in Matthew chapter 6 by now. And I want to look at a familiar verse tonight and um I'm going to try not to be uh too long this evening. I I'd like to get you home at a good time. I appreciate you being faithful to Sunday night. Something the Lord's helping me with and I, I areas I know I need to grow in and and uh and, and that is one of the areas is I want to be um just conscious of the fact that when we have our services, I want you to number 1, I want you to want to come. I don't want it to be a hindrance, uh, you know, to uh, getting back too late to home and whatnot and <laughs> trying to get ready for the work days and, and, and different things going on. But but I do want you to want to come and be here and know that we're going to be respectful of your time as well. And so tonight is going to be one of those times you were faithful all week with the missions conference. and. Uh, We're here tonight. I still want to do birthdays and things at the end, so we will get to that. But tonight I want to draw your attention to Matthew chapter six. And we see here Jesus is uh, teaching uh, basically righteous living and basically how not to be a hypocrite uh, as, as the Pharisees were. And they were experts at it uh, we we he's going to talk about the very fact of not giving uh as a as just for show uh they were they were great at making sure everybody knew what they were giving and then he's going to deal with them as you go down the first few verses he's going to talk to them about uh their uh, their praying he talks to them about their their giving in secret and because in verse four it says Listen, you know, you you can give in secret. You don't have to announce to the world of what you're giving. And he says, you know what? Uh, Your your father who seeth in secret, he shall reward thee openly. But then he goes and starts talking about prayer. Uh, They had a problem of being showy with their prayer as well. And Jesus is going to deal with that. You know, he talks about how they love standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. And uh you know it says very clearly here at the end of verse 5 verily I say unto you they have their reward and my friends I think we can all agree tonight that that's a very poor uh reward uh compared to what God desires to give us as we give uh and we pray in in secret faithfully not trying just to be a show uh showboat but we see that uh, that's a they have their reward. That's what it is. They get people to see them, which is sad when that's the end goal, just to be seen of men. But he also just said, just, hey, listen, get to the closet and shut the door, which is basically speaking and symbolic of private prayer. Nothing wrong with public prayer, but there is a a, a place for private prayer. This is not the message tonight. But can I just ask you? Uh, Just briefly here, how is your private prayer life? Uh, What type of private prayer life do you have? That is so very important to your strength in the Christian life. If all you have in your private prayer life is basically uttering a few prayers, uh, a few sentences each day, and then you're on your way I want to tell you, you're going to struggle, and I would struggle in my Christian life. Uh, The prayer closet, the the private prayer, is important. It's a lifeline for Christian living every day. I just need to spend some private time. Now, again, nobody's putting a time on this thing, but there definitely needs to be a designated, deliberate time that we pray in secret, calling out to God. Asking him to to be glorified in our lives, praising him, exalting him, and then asking him to lead us. And um, what I would encourage you, and this is not the message, but I just believe I'm just going to go ahead and say this. If you tonight would say, Pastor, my prayer life, my private prayer life is anemic. It's it's hardly anything. It's weak. Um, Can I tell you, would you just, you know, turn to the Lord tonight and say, God. Help me to get back to the closet, and that might be in your living room recliner. It might be, and it might be on the couch. It might be in your closet, literally. Um, I don't know. It might be your back deck. It's getting a little cool for that now, uh, but but nevertheless, uh, it's just a place where you can spend some time with the Lord, and pray and ask God to fill you and, and strengthen you so that you can live for Him. So that's that's just saying that in passing. All right. But then he goes on to talk about the vain repetitions in verse seven as the heathen do, which basically is a, a, a repetitious type of prayer over and over and over with not any uh, meaning, very superficial, uh, just much speaking, as it says. And then we see here in verse eight, he's going to lead in to teach about prayer. Jesus is going to give the model prayer. Now I'm not going to take time to go through the model prayer tonight, but I do want to draw your attention to the end of the model prayer. Notice with me in the Word of God where Jesus comes down to the end, and in fact, why don't we just read the model prayer together? But I'm just going to preach on the last part. It says here in verse number nine After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to draw your attention to that last verse that I read there in verse uh, number 13, the last part of that 13, where it says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Tonight's message is entitled this. It all belongs to the Lord. Not Satan, not me and not this world. It all belongs to the Lord. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray that the thought that I desire to share tonight, I believe that you have laid on my heart. I pray you would use it to to further the kingdom, to show forth your power. And Father, that you would get the glory, which I know the enemy is seeking to steal away from you. So Lord, help us to do our part and may you speak through me. I confess I have no power of my own. It all must be of you, my Lord. And so now, God, us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. It all belongs to the Lord. I've, uh, I've been with some friends at times where, uh, they have taken me to a, a farm where the family owned a big tract of land. And, uh, maybe you're here tonight and you, you have a lot of land. And, and, uh, but nevertheless, uh, when I went with my buddy, uh, we, you could see for for, you know, just for acres upon acres all around you. And then we would get on his four wheeler and and drive another uh, 20 minutes on the four wheeler. And and uh, boy, we would uh, come upon that territory and he, he would tell me now this is this is ours as well. And and man, it was just like so much land there. And, it, and then I said and then I made this statement. This all belongs to you and your family. Cause it was pretty impressive to me. I mean, to have that much property. I'm talking hundreds of acres. Uh, and, and that's pretty impressive to me. And, and, and maybe it is to you too. But it's that, that idea. This all belongs to you. And you know, when I think about that, that's nothing compared to how much, how many acres our Father owns. We think about our God tonight and He owns the whole earth. The earth is His. And it belongs to him. It is it is his earth. And and I want to see some things tonight that that I hope will encourage us, even in the light of missions, as we're thinking about our faith promise and as we're thinking about how we're wanting to do more uh, for the Lord. You know, when I think about this passage, I think about this is our God's created earth and it belongs to him. And as God's people, what we do as part of our mission is we go out reminding this world that have been blinded by Satan, that have been deceived, and say, this all belongs to God. And there are three main categories that belong to God that we see right here in the Word of God. I do believe, first of all, we see that as Jesus told us to pray... He, he said there right after he talked about the enemy, he talked about the evil one. Notice what it says there, deliver us from evil. That's, you can, you can translate, you could understand that as also the evil one. But we see here that he goes on to say, for thine is the kingdom. This is your kingdom, Lord. And the power. This is about your power. And he says, Lord, this is about your glory. And the glory. And it is forever. Amen. Now, let's get one thing straight here. Satan wants to take all three of those. Okay? The kingdom is God's, but it's, it's Satan that wants the kingdom. Satan wants the kingdom. He wants the power. And he wants the glory. But he's not going to get it. He's just not. It doesn't belong to him. It belongs to the Lord. And I believe as the local church, I want to, and I hope you'll join me. I hope we will just grow in taking it very personal that this world belongs to our God and he is seeking to bring people to himself. They were, bl- they were, they were, we were all robbed, uh, and, and, uh, and by Satan blinding us, and he's always trying to rob and steal and kill and destroy, and he's still trying to do it, but thank God, as God's people, we can go out in this world and say, look, you belong to the Lord. God died on the cross for you. And I don't believe for a minute that there are some people out here in this world that God would say, actually, I didn't die for that lady. I didn't die for that man. I didn't die for that boy or girl. I believe that that is incorrect. I believe God died for every human being. And tonight, as we think about that, we go out into a world to these different countries that I I see here. And and that I see the flags for that are represented. And I think about India and Nepal and the Dominican Republic and South Korea and Japan. I think about uh, Canada. And I think about Greenland. And I think about uh, Togo. And I think about these different ones in Mexico. And I think about all these people that are blinded. That God Almighty is seeking to enlighten. He's seeking to Bring them back. You know, in the beginning, Adam and Eve. Their their design was to be in fellowship with God forever. You know, that was that was the will of God. But because of sin, it was separated, eternal separation. And so what I believe in my heart, church, is that God is on a mission. To bring the human race back to himself. He loves us. He created us. He designed us to worship Him, to exalt Him. And, 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 and we have been separated because of sin, but God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, as a Savior to be that one who reconciles us to God, that one who, who gave a, a, a way to be saved forever and to be reunited with the Father. And that is indeed what we are seeking to do in this world. We are seeking to tell a world that, look, God died for you and he wants you to be saved. He wants you to be his, just like you were designed to be. You were designed to be in the family of God. And I believe that Satan feels contrary to that. Uh, he feels, no, you don't belong to God's family. I want you in my family. I like you in my kingdom. That's what he's telling the lost world. You're doing a great job for me. I'll continue to feed you the riches. I'll continue to feed you the lust. I'll continue to feed you the power. I'll continue to feed you the pleasures. Hey, just stay in my kingdom. He's trying to convince this world that his kingdom is better. But you know what God's people are to do? We are to declare, no, Jesus' kingdom is better. It is perfect. It is righteous. It is lovely. It is uh, the will of God for us to be in His Kingdom. Listen, let me share something with you here. I don't want to take too much liberty right here on this passage, but in studying for this message, I came across some things that I, I, I saw here in, in Matthew chapter four. If you just want to flip back a couple of pages, Matthew chapter four. I want to take you back to the, air, the the passage of temptation when Satan tempted the Lord Jesus Christ in the wilderness. He was tempted of the devil. Uh, verse one, uh, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. We're going to see here when the tempter comes, he's going to tempt him in three major ways. And I would tonight, I would venture to say, number one, I see three categories that I think can be related to these three areas that we see at the end of this prayer. We see uh, here, number one, that Jesus was hungry and the tempter tried to get him to turn the rock uh, into bread. All right. So he's saying here, and and you notice what he said. He said, look, the tempter came and said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Well, to me right there. He is tempting him as the son of God. He is tempting him as though as, as his uh, his power as the son of God, because the son of God is deity. He is deity. All right. He is the God man. And Satan is coming in here to, I believe, even test him in the area of uh, of his power. You can you have the power to turn this rock into bread. Why don't you do it? You see, Satan was trying to tempt him right there. Abuse power, distort power. And Jesus rebuked him with the word of God and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So he failed at that temptation. Then notice verse five. He says, then the devil taketh him up into the holy city. And setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time they dash thy foot against a stone. And of course, Jesus rebuked him and said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So what was he talking about right there? Well right here, he is referring to, uh, as we, as we think about, uh, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because remember, what were the Jews wanting at that time? What were they hungry for? They were hungry for the kingdom, were they not? They wanted their Messiah. And just think of Jesus Christ descending upon from that that high place and coming down as uh, just lowering himself down at a gentle speed where he would not be harmed right there in the temple, right there around all those religious Pharisees. Imagine uh, the the power that would have been shown, the demonstration and of, the, of, of that could have possibly been the time where they said, there he is. He descended from the sky. Here he is. Perhaps that would be a time the devil is playing anyway. Hey, do that. And then they will really receive you as their Messiah. Because remember, they rejected him. They're going to reject him. But the devil was tempting him in this way of the kingdom. But then we also see. Notice where he said in verse eight. The devil failed at the first two. So here we go. Let's try again. Third try again. The word of God says the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the what of them? The glory of them. And what does the word of God say in verse nine? And he saith unto him, all these things, Satan says, will I give thee get it if thou will fall down and worship me. Satan wanted the glory. And I am here to declare tonight something you already know. But let us be reminded of that Satan is on a mission around this earth right now. He has been since the beginning, since the fall. He continues in 2020. His mission is to try to take the kingdom and build his kingdom. His mission is to show forth his power And to overpower God and to claim that He has the power. And thirdly, His mission is to take the glory. He wants the glory. And He is striving to do that over and over and over. And I want to say tonight that as God's people, we have the opportunity as God's children and God's servants, we have the opportunity to say, not on our watch. Not on our watch. Oh, God Almighty, this is about your kingdom. This is about you bringing souls into your kingdom, into your family, and you transforming lives. Uh, uh, look over there with me to the book of Colossians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, going on to the Acts and Romans, the Corinthians, and then you're going to come up. There to the prison epistles, Ephesians, Philippians. And we see here that that we see very clearly where God transforms us from after we are servants of sin and, and, and in the darkness there in Colossians. Right after Philippians, Colossians chapter number one, notice verse number 13. I'm just gonna begin reading in verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power or, or authority, that's ecusia, that's what that's talking about, the ruling, the, the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. My friend, the kingdom belongs to Jesus Christ. And I am asking you to join me as we move forward in our new year of faith promise giving. I'm asking you to join me with a fresh fervency to make this even more so about God's kingdom being built through the local church. God is using His servants and I'm thankful that I that I can be a representative and you can be a representative, that we can be an ambassador and that we can be a voice for our God in the dark lands. I My heart always went out to uh, these ambassadors, especially when I was in Niger. And I, I got to thinking that, you know, these American, these U.S. ambassadors to places like Niger and these third world countries uh, they were there to to have an influence, to have an impact, and to build those relationships, and and uh, to have, just have an influence upon the government. And you know, I'm thinking about that that they're doing that for secular reason. And then I got to thinking about, hey, well, we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors in Niger, West Africa. We're here to be a voice of the sovereign King, of the God of Glory, just not of a of a of an earthly nation. But praise God of a heavenly nation. <laughs> That's what we are ambassadors for. A heavenly nation tonight. Hey, I'm thankful. I am thankful tonight that we, as God's people, can declare that thine is the kingdom. And no matter what the devil wants to try to do in taking that, we are declaring War, God has declared war and we are his servants and God has taught us to war a good warfare and it's a good fight. It's a fight that's worth fighting. And his is the kingdom. You know, I'm looking forward to penetrating these places of darkness with the gospel as I think about Frankfurt, Germany. You know. As I think about Suriname and I saw those demon-possessed women dancing and, and trying to appease the, the demon gods in that picture, I, I see the kingdom of darkness, but in by faith, church, I see the kingdom of Jesus Christ penetrating that. And that fires my soul up, and I hope it does you too. That God is wanting to use simple people like you and me, who are just normal people living their lives around this region of Jackson County and Athens-Clark and Madison and Banks and Hall and fill in the blanks. He's wanting to use us to penetrate that darkness. How awesome is that? That's incredible. God is awesome. He would use people like us. Just normal people. For him to show himself a supernatural God. Colossians one thirteen, as we saw, God is working through us for it's his kingdom. And not only that, but we see that it is the power of Jesus Christ. Go, go over with me to Matthew chapter 28, the last book of, of, of um, the last chapter of Matthew. Notice what Jesus says there in verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, If you don't have this underlined in your your Bible, this would be a great place to do this. The next two words. All power. All power is given unto me. In heaven and in earth. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Did I read that right? Yes, I did. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You mean in Yemen, Afghanistan? China. India. You you mean and. Germany. You mean. The whole world. Jesus has all power all over this earth. Well, according to Satan's plan, he's trying to convince this world and he's, and he's also trying to convince the church that actually all the power belongs to him. And so God's people get weak and we get a little discouraged and we get a little timid. And what we need and what I need is a fresh anointing of boldness to take God at His word, even though Satan shows his false teeth a lot around the world and, it, and, it, and it's intimidating and sometimes scary, we as God's people have to say, No, Satan, the power doesn't belong to you. It just doesn't. Jesus says He has all power. Satan has some power. Jesus has all power. And as the local church of God, we are going forth in the power of God, because that is the only way it's going to get accomplished will be the power of God. It's his kingdom. It's his power. Notice with me at Psalm 62, go over there to the Old Testament. Psalm 62 Notice what Psalm 62 says there in verse 11. It says here, God hath spoken once, twice have I heard this. Let's all say this together, church. That power belongeth unto God. Let's say that last part again. That power belongeth unto God. Folks, we... Have been given all power to do what God has called us to do. Wherever you are. Whatever you're doing. You have the power. God's given it to you. He who has all power. Says. I'm giving it to you. He's saying go therefore. He's saying basically since I have all power. Go. On the university campuses. Hey power of God is there. Jesus has got all power. We can go there in His power. These countries that are closed, hey, the power of God is getting in there. Hey, I'm so thankful for, for uh, one of our missionaries who is reaching into, uh, as we know, Iran. He's reaching through with the satellite and, and, uh, and the gospel is going forth and it's penetrating darkness. And praise God, that is the power of God. Satan says he's got it all. He tries to convince the world of this. Satan tries to convince us that all the power is in the U.S. government. He tries to convince us that all the power is in the presidency. He tries to convince us that all the power is in Hollywood. He tries to convince us that all the power is in one political party. He tries to convince us that power is in riches. He tries to convince us that power is in comfort. he tries to convince us of all these things. But we see from the word of God tonight that all the power belongs to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thine is the kingdom, Lord Jesus. And as an ambassador of the kingdom, help us to go forth in your power because you have it all. So what I'm asking the Lord to do tonight in each and every person under the sound of my voice, that we would go forth with a fresh and holy boldness for the kingdom of God, because it all belongs to him. And then thirdly, in closing, I want to see that Satan is trying to take the glory from our savior at the end of that prayer. It is prayed for thine is the glory. Satan wants the glory he wants to take it for himself i don't have time to go there but you remember the account in isaiah where he basically uh exalted himself to be equal with god and even above god and and what possessed him to do that i can't i don't claim to have all the answers to that I'll maybe let some kind of other theologian describe that to you. But the fact of the matter is that he tried to get the glory of his creator. And, and the, the very fact that we think of, of, of Lucifer wanting to get the glory, so therefore he fell. He was, uh, was put out of heaven with a third of the angel's host. And they, come, they have come down to this earth and they are seeking to take the glory. But we know that the glory all belongs to the Lord. I was just talking to someone just a few, a little bit ago. And we got to talking about the different needs around our community and around our world. And even right here in our backyard of Jackson County. And uh, we got a lot of people that, um, that have been convinced that the glory is in self-pleasure. Where does that come from? Well, yes, I would agree that it, There's a human heart is deceitful above all things. But I want to tell you that spirit is the spirit of Satan. He wants people to find glory in everything on this earth except Jesus Christ. And what I pray that Crooked Creek will do our dead level best in doing is to is to say no, Satan. The glory doesn't belong to you. You can try to get the glory. But it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And I want it to make it my mission every day. Every day that I live, I want to, I desire to, and I hope you do too, that today we're going to say the glory belongs to Jesus. Not to you, Satan. I know Satan wants to tempt me to want to have some glory. He wants to tempt you to have some glory. He said, you can get a little glory here and a little glory there. And of course, he tempts others. Hey, take a little glory there. And it's okay to get some glory for yourself. But I cannot and I must not even entertain that thought. I deserve no glory. This church deserves no glory. There's not a person in this room that deserves any glory. It all belongs to our Savior. And as we proclaim the gospel, what we are doing, church, we are proclaiming the glory of God to the nations and to the county of Jackson County. I'm telling you, it will change our heart as we think about the fact that God's glory must be proclaimed in a land where Satan is saying, take the glory. Notice with me on Psalm 29, just you're there in the book of Psalms, I believe. Look at chapter 29 chapter 29. Look at verses one and one and two. Psalm 29 says, "Given to the Lord, O ye mighty, Give unto the Lord glory and strength." Notice verse two, "Given unto the Lord the glory." Due unto his name. Worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. You see, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. That is the goal of our life today. Why do we have missions conference? (laughs) Why do we have a goal of reaching a certain amount so that we can take on more. Because we as a church take it very personally and very seriously. That we want this world to know about the glory of God. I'm excited about that. That God lets us have a part and exalting His glory to the dark areas of this world and this community. He deserves the glory. Notice with me here also in the book of Psalms, of chapter 96, Psalm 96. Just flip over there a little bit. This, this would be a great verse to memorize for all of us. To remind us of our part of reaching a lost world. The glory of God. Notice Psalm 96, verse 3. Declare His glory among the heathen, His wonders among all people. What a wonderful, rich verse that is in declaring the glory of God and evangelizing this world. That's exactly what we're doing. We're declaring upon all people. My friends, the glory belongs to Jesus Christ and we can say that with great authority. Listen, Satan's trying to take it, folks. But my question tonight is this for all of us. Are we taking it personally? And I don't mean just taking personal responsibility because that's a part of it, but let me just go a further, a little bit further here. Are are you offended? Are you offended tonight that Satan is blazing a trail around this church? Are you broken and offended tonight that Satan is convincing homes and husbands and wives that the glory belongs to them? Are you bothered and offended tonight that Satan is going around the world and declaring to the nations, hey, that listen, it's about Your kingdom and my kingdom. It's about your glory and my glory. It's about my power. Look at the power you have. Look at the power we have. Are we offended by that? And I say that we should be in the sense that, hey, we're not going to stand around idle. We're going to go out and say, no, as a matter of fact, the glory belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so tonight, as we think about thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. May we really take that personally in our own lives and all those around us. Would you pray with me?